1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Our number two at a get right Roger KG on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers one hundred and five three The Fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Regal Mendelza holding the down for you here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. Bold predictions going into the MLB offseason, including this one for your Texas Rangers. At Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Atatula, if you want to get at us on Twitter with you until 11 o'clock tonight. I'm located at the Star in Frisco after Cowboys crosstalk. Reg back in our DFWsecurity.com studios. Appreciate you joining us on. Twitch at twitch.tv slash DallasFanCam, and on YouTube as well. Make sure you subscribe to 105 Through the Fan on YouTube and check out all of our terrific content there, including an excellent segment, I thought, today uh, by Kevin Hagelin and Mike Mm Bassett talking about uh, Shohei Otani and the possibilities of what he would look like in a Texas Rangers uniform. Uh, You could check that out. That's up on YouTube right now for 105. Through the fan, and definitely. go ahead
3: and hit the subscribe button. Yeah, do that. Steady, sure. steady, putting up all the great segments from from the station and podcast. Because you'll catch the Love of the Star podcast and the Spits and Suds podcast on that same feed. So, all the great content from 105 through the fan. A great place and easily accessible. Shout out to uh, Low Key Joker and Pfizer Bro and to Hano Boy and Ult-
2: Ultimate Mags all on the YouTube. Y'all know what it is, right? mm mm-hmm. uh, And our conversation with Tim McMahon also up there uh as well is it Uh, i can go
3: back and watch myself flub a flub a question
2: do that (laughs) you recovered rather nicely though i like the way that you did that and uh even tim was like oh oh oh, throwing shots at old uh old josh green i didn't even mean as a shot he do be getting up in the air not knowing where we want has no idea what he's gonna do with the ball next like josh josh stop jumping just stop jumping josh at all just don't jump at all or i mean with the ball in his hand in the air Let's just let's just not do that.
3: There is a person on YouTube whose name is Pfizer Boy. I didn't name it that. That's that's what they named themselves.
2: Oh, Travis Kelsey watching the show tonight? Well,
3: all right. <laughs> we supposed to be talking about baseball or something? Uh,
2: yes, we will. A uh, real quick update on what's happening at the American Airlines Center. Yeah. Uh, Mavs down by 11 at the end of 3, 84 to the Toronto Raptors. Shout out to um, future Maverick Pascal Siakam. I like what you're doing there. Uh, he's fourteen of twenty-two for twenty-nine points
3: and eleven rebounds. And you know where some of that is? Remember, Derek Lively ain't playing, and they are like, "Oh, we can get to the rack."
2: Christmas bet, <laughs> bet.
3: and that—that's what it has felt like. Is that? I mean, again, I'm—I'm I'm seeing bits and pieces because we are currently doing a radio show. That's right. But every once in a while, I look up and I'm like, "Oh, they are just going trying to get do their work early, get low positioning, or get to the rack wherever they can." And so. That is definitely one of the things that's showing up in this game.
2: Uh, Also, Luka Doncic so far uh, on the night. 19 points on 6 of 5 from the field. 6 of 15. Excuse me, 6 of 15 from the field with the 19 points. A minus 6 so far.
3: Hey, man. The Raptors have gotten up 14 more shots than the Mavericks in this game.
2: Oh, boy. That's um, that's not great.
3: (laughs) 12 turnovers by the Mavs. Not what you want. Okay. All okay. right. I'm just trying to keep my eyes over there. Oh, my God. Ten steals for the Raptors. Yeah, that'll do it.
2: That will do it. <laughs> that'll do it. Um. So, there we go. We'll keep you updated on everything happening there at the AAC uh, 84-74 at the end of three. Uh, some bold predictions, though, going into the MLB offseason. It's going to be one hell of an offseason because the biggest prize on the free agency market would be um, Shohei Otani. Sure. Yes. Uh, who last season... Hit 304 with 44 homers and 95 RBI, while also stealing 20 bases.
3: Yeah, man, that's that's one of the things that I think is interesting, and, and I, I'm not trying to pretend like oh I know more than everybody else because I don't. But like I sometimes I wonder if people remember that that dude is fast, fast. Like fast, fast. Because it's easy to free it because he has so many other great talents. An incredible pitcher of the baseball, incredible thrower of the baseball, just like the speed that he'll get to. Um when he's at the plate, really good. Would you say that he would you say that he was batting before he got injured?
2: Uh three oh four. Yeah,
3: yeah. Good at baseball. Power, all those things. Uh five tool, because that, that speed is also there.
2: So of course he is the biggest prize on the free agency market this MLB offseason. CBS Sports presents us with some bold predictions for this MLB offseason. Number 1 Shohei Ohtani leaves the Angels and signs with Yes, the Dodgers. I thought these were supposed to be bold. Uh well, you know. Like we we've been
3: uh waiting for the idea that the Dodgers sign him for what like a year and a half. In fact, you could look at the whole Dodger strategy on last free agency.
2: Mm -hmm. And their Dodger
3: strategy, this free agency, at least they they didn't offer the uh, qualifying offer to uh, J.D. Martinez, D.H. And the reporting is that they are, you know, waiting to see if they make their overture to Shohei Ohtani. Then that, you know, that that determines how they go about these other things. Yeah, that's that seemed like the uh, that the the common wisdom, like don't be cowards. Put them on the Rockies. Come on. That's bold. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: That would be a hell of a move if the Rockets were like, you know what, we got it. What? No, 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 no. Uh, Now, the bold prediction that they do make is that uh, he will sign a 13-year, $500 million contract. Sounds like a deal. It sounds like a bargain to me. Now, here's the thing, and I thought Bassick and Hagelin brought up an interesting point, you know, and Bob Nightingale, who was on with uh, GBAC Nation uh, yesterday, you know, the idea that, you know, Tani may not be ready to pitch until maybe 2025.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz 2024 he's not he's not pitching at all next year.
0: You're yeah. getting you're getting
3: a DH for the first season. Yeah. A really good one though. Like a really good DH. And yeah. then after that, you go back to the idea of and this is a thing. Maybe some people would be like he's good enough as a as a hitter. We do not need to try and get them as a pitcher. The problem is he wants to pitch. And yes. so The year after that, you're going to need to find a way to make sure that he is pitching and hitting. But I don't know that there are very many teams in the league that are upset about that.
2: No, I would agree with that. Uh, Bowl prediction number two. Now, here's a player who's not actually a free agent, but there's a lot of rumors that he may get moved this offseason. The Padres trade Juan Soto to the Yankees.
3: Oh, yeah. The Yankees getting more stuff.
2: Well, San Diego's planning to reduce their payroll to $200 million next season, and they don't have to necessarily trade Soto, but that would be a big step toward possibly reducing some of that salary. Yeah, course, fair like, enough. Last year hit 275, 35 homers, 109. RBI stealing 12 bases as well.
3: That is a team that, I mean, people laughed at the Mets this year, and look, man, Steve Cohen, he's spending that money. It makes me laugh. <laughs> it's, it's either, hey, man, these other owners will look up and see they should probably spend money too, or it's funny. Win-win for me. Um, but and look I'm not trying to look there might be people Out here saying this I feel like we haven't laughed Enough at the Padres because they went All in and then all in again And then all in again and have gotten buckus.
2: they have gotten nothing out of Absolutely this nothing um, This is an interesting text from the 682 as a Rangers fan since I was Eight they're now uh, 36 you're 36 They don't want Shohei Otani I find that to be very interesting I want to explore that for me. Yeah, I'm interested, uh. And I,
3: I imagine before you even send that in, but please do send in your tech six a two, that it's probably an injury conversation. Mm-hmm. That, that would be my, cause I mean, there, there have been injuries that have stopped him from pitching. And you wonder if the, you know, the, the load that is taken undertaken by, you know, hitting a majority of the time and then pitching on a regular schedule is just too much for any individual like that. I, and then also the, the amount of money that you have to put on the table that then in theory is not available in other aspects. Like, I I get that, but um, have you seen him? He's really
2: good at baseball. Yeah, he's really, really good at baseball. Like, I
3: I don't want to make the analysis too simple, except why would we make it complicated? Have you seen him?
2: (laughs) Have you seen him? Uh, This is both from 214. Juan Soto to the Rangers. If Juan Soto became a member of the Texas Rangers. No,
3: I mean, that's, I mean, an outfielder, when you have a glut of young outfielders coming up that are going to be on this team for a long
2: time. He'd know. be fun, though. He'd be really sure. fun. <laughs> Fair enough. I
3: mean, <laughs> look, be really far fun. be it for me to tell you to not have fun. Yeah. I just, I mean, you already have Evan Carter, who you feel comfortable probably roam center field for a long time.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
3: your Y Lankford is coming through.
2: That's right. And
3: then, at that point, you're already trying to find what you're doing with Leote Taveras and um, Adolis Garcia. Not saying that they're the same, but now you have four outfielders that you feel like are every day. You want to add Juan Soto to that as well, to that confusion? Woo!
2: Actually, now problem, I said man. it, go ahead and do it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Figure it out. We'll, we'll figure it out. Just trade and We'll figure it out from there.
3: I know that there's a roster limit. I don't care. Put them all on there.
2: Bold predictions for this MLB offseason. I want to take it to this one here. Uh, three top starters re sign with their team, says CBS Sports. Those starters, Sonny Gray. Okay. Cy Young Award candidate. So
3: stays, stays with. Is, he was with the Yankees, right? Uh, he Minnesota get Twins. He get tra- no, okay. I'm just completely forgetting things. That's right.
2: Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez back to the Detroit Tigers.
3: That's right. He was the one who refused to get traded at the trade deadline. That's mm-hmm. fun.
2: And Jordan Montgomery coming back to the Texas Rangers. Excellent.
3: Ex- I mean, this is something that we've been we've been talking about, and it feels like it's necessary. Um, until especially, I mean, he came, he played, pitched really well here. Um, you need you need your rotation to be solid, and obviously you have some guys that you anticipate coming back, but not immediately. And you made a good gr- good point because I started talking about the idea that you would be ba- you would be buying high on on Jordan Montgomery. This is probably the highest that he's been in his career, and it's like you're buying high. Are you are you sure that he's going to remain at this height, um, or are you going to be over overpaying? And I thought your retort was really good.
2: I would love to remember it now. I oh, remember. okay.
3: What you were talking about is when was the last time you saw the best Jordan Montgomery? And who mm-hmm. was he paired with?
2: Yeah, Mike Maddox. Yeah. Um, and his renaissance. Thank you for helping me remember my own thoughts. Yeah, I, I still uh, want to give one. you credit because it was a great point about you. Oh, no, thank you. Um, yeah, and you saw what happened when he came back and was reunited with him. He was a completely different pitcher. And he was he was good already this season
3: with St. Louis, but... That I don't think I was anticipating the way that he pitched in the postseason at all.
2: Yeah, and his second half with the Rangers and ultimately his postseason was terrific. So if you want to keep that continuity there, it would be, it looks like a good move to keep him here. Now, the projected contract that CBS Sports uh, has for him would be to the tune of five years, $125 million. you comfortable with that particular number? In that case,
3: what's my I feel like I'm just going to lean on my common
2: answer, which ain't my money. I mean, that's twenty five million per, which I think is comfortable, given his status, what he was able to do this postseason anywhere between twenty, twenty one to about twenty five million dollars at the high end, seems reasonable for Jordan Montgomery. And I think a move that the Rangers would be willing to make to bring him back to be a part of this rotation, which would give you a starting rotation going into next year with Jordan Montgomery, Nathan Evaldi, Max Scherzer. And if you want to throw John Gray in there as your fourth Yeah, starter. John Gray's absolutely in there. So that's not a bad way to kick off your 2024 season as far as your starting rotation is concerned. Knowing that hopefully Jacob DeGrom is on his way back at the earliest July, maybe. It'll be post-All-Star break. You know, if you see Jacob DeGrom in 2024, and if that is the case, you could add him for your late season run, you know, toward a division and obviously another deep postseason run. The Rangers have a really good problem on their hands uh, with the fact that Jordan Montgomery was able to pitch the way that he did in the second half and in the postseason. That would, I think, give them confidence that if they brought him back, he could duplicate that, especially in a full season. With Mike Maddox, of course, with his pitching coach, once again. Yeah, shout
3: out to the 469 who says Jordan Montgomery has a lifetime 368 ERA. He's good. I understand that, but that also comes with, I mean, he had some years in New York where he had a 675, 511 ERA. The thing about it is these games, you know, the games that he had with the Rangers to end the season was a 279. And it got even better once you include postseason starts. So that's that's where it gets, you know, that's the dichotomy that we're talking about. And you're paying for maybe closer to the latter than the former of the pitchers. But, like, I, I like what you're saying, KG, when you're talking about his, his um, pairing with Mike Maddox. And then also just he seems very comfortable with this team and especially understanding that you're going to get run support. I love what you're getting in this instance. So I, I do think that keeping that together, because, I mean, you, you mentioned the three starters that you have. And if Matt Scherzer gets back to using that slider the way that he uh, he's want to do, um, and it being effective, that's three dudes that on any given day you you anticipate being number one starter-type quality pitchers in your rotation. You love that for a World Series uh, reigning champion.
2: I want to address this text real quick. This is a very interesting one real quick before I go to break. From 682, I like the humbleness of our team. I don't want us to start being like the Yankees and just paying everybody. That's an interesting text because one thing that this team has shown is aggressiveness and Ray Davis has been willing to spend the money to ensure that he has a competitive roster that obviously was able to deliver a world series championship with this group. So I find it interesting the dichotomy of, well, I don't want to be like the Yankees, but I also want to win and stay humble at the same time. I don't know if you can have it both ways necessarily, or if it's even worth Having that kind of discussion because most times you want your ownership to be as aggressive as they can be to put a winner on the field in that way.
3: Yeah, I mean, you can view it that way, or you can view it as the team investing in the team. And yeah, being, and like I I hate to say it this way because obviously there's been a lot of work done by um you know the the, the development and you know the the management and everything. You don't win this World Series without investing and spending money. Mm-hmm. And so. That investment is necessary and I understand you want to be very um very pointed and you want to be very uh methodical in your spending money. That I understand and I understand that you know me making the joke that it's not my money makes it seem like I'm not concerned about that. Obviously that's going to be the main thing. You don't want to spend money just for the sake of spending money, but doing it in in ways that will consistently make your team better. And one of the things Jordan Montgomery I believe makes your team better, right? Um I mean I understand that Shohei Ohtani then, like from the 817 here on the truckwreck.com text line, you guys are messed up for paying a 30-year-old DH that can't stay healthy. Y'all say he's good at baseball, but he's one-armed. You don't know if he can even play. We do know that he could play. We've seen it over a long stretch of time. Um, And look, I understand that there's injury issues. You also had to go in with injury issues to get to this point again as well, right? And I think that when you talk about a generational talent like Shohei Ohtani, I don't think there's a team in the world. That is not willing to take that challenge take that chance um for the possibility and also i guess the cynical portion of that is like look man the baseball is one thing there there's a lot of value there there's also a lot of value in an organization you talk about spending that money they're getting that money back from having shohei on here the, the, the tv the international media all those things like that all the generates, extra stuff that generates revenue as well so that might offset a decent amount of what that pay is when it comes to the ownership and one thing I can say about Ray Davis, at least in these last couple of years, cut them checks. He cut yes. them checks. So I, I'm, right now, I'm not too worried about him uh, feeling about footing the bill just now. He'll let us know if, if that becomes a little too strenuous for him.
2: Some bold predictions for this Major League Baseball offseason already underway. is hot stove season is up and cooking in Major League Baseball for your World Series champion, Texas Rangers. Coming up next here on the Get Right, what we know and don't know about these teams at the midway point of the season. We'll discuss it next on Fire Through the Fan. To get right, we're Reggie KG here on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers. One hundred five three, of the fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Attula. Mm-hmm. What we know and what we don't know about the NF, some of these NFL teams at the halfway point of the season. We'll get into that discussion here in just a moment on one hundred five three, the fan at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg tool, If you want to get at us on Twitter, coming up here in sixteen minutes, we'll go. Inside the gray area, where of course there is no gray area. We'll do that here in 16 minutes on 1053 the fan. But we are at the uh how to believe already at the halfway point of the NFL season, as um this season has gone by extremely fast, and the Cowboys, of course, getting ready to take on the New York Giants on Sunday afternoon at 325 on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network, on your home the Cowboys 105 through the fan, and on Fox for America's Game of the Week. Here's the thing. I feel like Kevin Burkhardt, Tom Rinaldi, uh, Aaron Andrews, and Greg Olson, just, you know, wherever the Cowboys are, they are at this point. Like, they're literally everywhere at this point. Well, I mean...
3: I mean, you just detailed uh, not too long ago the way that the ratings seem to follow the Cowboys. (laughs) So when it comes to Fox and that that is that does come to um, TV executives when it comes to their money. And they're like, hey, who would we like to put our best team on? How about the team that's going to get the most viewers? So when they have an opportunity to have uh, the Cowboys, they're like,
2: yeah, let's let's uh, throw a Burkhart and them over there. (laughs) Yeah, they'll do the game. Why not? Why not? Uh, let's learn about some other NFL teams though and what we know and what we don't know about these teams, Reg, at the halfway point uh, of this season here.
3: Yeah, um is there a team that that immediately jumps to mind that you would like to uh, to you know, get a gander at because this comes from ESPN and so they they got all 32 and we're not we're not going through all 32. It's just not mm-hmm. happening.
2: No, 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 we're not. Um a team that is uh peaking my interest right now because they have just become a buzzsaw right now. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens. What do we know and don't know about the Baltimore Ravens? Right all right, now? According to the Baltimore Ravens, we know that they are a serious Super
3: Bowl contender. Quarterback Lamar Jackson is an MVP candidate, leading the lead in completion rate and topping all quarterbacks in rushing yards. The defense is allowing a league-low 13.8 points per game while producing an NFL-best 35 sacks. And over the last three weeks, the Ravens have beaten two division leaders by a combined score of 75-9. to nine. So we know... Super Bowl contender, MVP candidate quarterback. Easy enough? We know that? Yeah, not bad. Okay. What we don't know, if Lamar Jackson will stay healthy. In the last Mm. two years, the Ravens were in first place in the AFC North in December before Lamar Jackson injuries derailed the seasons. Right, With Lamar Jackson dealing with an ankle injury in 21, knee injury in 22, Baltimore lost seven of nine games without him in December or later. So uh, they tried to reduce the number of hits on him this season. Uh, they've called an average of 4.4 design runs per game, which is a career low for Lamar Jackson. So they're trying to limit that. But will he stay healthy? Because if he stays healthy, it looks like they they might be able to just roll to an opportunity at uh
2: maybe getting themselves into the Super Bowl. And that's the thing. Then um, that's flipped up for Baltimore. Not only of the offense, but defensively, if this team continues to sustain itself, I mean, they're they're a juggernaut right now. And I like the point about the idea of Lamar Jackson staying healthy because if he can and this receiving core continues to come around, we know the guy that Mark Andrews are tight in there. Uh, this team is scary. Very, very scary. And they're running the football without J.K. Diamonds, which is...
3: Yeah, Gus Edwards has done well. They got the young
2: cat um, that came through as well. Was it Keaton Mitchell or that's something? That's right. Yeah, had over 130 yards on the ground on, what, nine carries, something like that, absurd. I mean, low-key, they
3: seem to have a stable of running backs at any given time that they feel fairly comfortable with because, remember, last year they lost, like, three of them dudes. And that's why it was an injury issue because they lost, like, three running backs.
2: Yeah. Uh, Shout-out to Ton Mockin, who... Um, tried to as, told you. Uh, you did. You you have been on the Todd Mocking train uh, since he was hired as the offensive coordinator for Baltimore, and so far it has paid um, extreme dividends. Lamar Jackson, leading MVP candidate in the NFL. What we know and what we don't know about some of these teams at the halfway point of the NFL. Season. By the way,
3: Baltimore has held the lead entering the fourth quarter every single game they played this year.
2: All right, that'll do it. Mm-hmm, All right, mm-hmm, that'll
3: mm-hmm. work. That'll work. Who's up, KG? Spin the wheel of NFL football teams.
2: Uh, let's take it to the NFC this time. Fair enough. And I'll go with... Tell me about New Orleans a little bit. What, what What's going on
3: there? That's a, great, that's a great one to ask about. What we do know about the New Orleans uh, Saints is that the secondary is the regal deal. The Saints have consistently forced at least one turnover in all nine games, and we know how difficult that is in the NFL. Um, they have... They've had at least one interception in seven of them. Five different defensive backs have at least an interception, and the Saints lead the league with 12 total. Those takeaways have helped keep the team in games when the offense has struggled, which doesn't look like it'll stop anytime soon.
2: Marshawn Lattimore continues to be one of the the best corners in the NFL um, and has continued to play at a very high level for them. Um, Okay. I mean, defense is good. Cam Jordan's still there. They've got a... Demario Davis still one of the best linebackers in the NFL too. They've got a really, really good defense uh, in New Orleans. Offensively, they're turning things around as well. Well,
3: I mean, they can't if they can start moving the ball on offense, they'll have an opportunity. But we don't know that they'll do that. They rank 29th in yards per rush, mm-hmm. 18th in rushing yards per game, and they've yet to have a hundred yard rusher in a game,
2: which is surprising with Alvin Kamara there. Um you know, and what he you know he's capable of doing, not just in, you know, the run game, but also in the passing game as well. But I feel like Derek Carr, as of the last, you know, three, four games from the passing game standpoint, has really started to carry, you know, this offense with Chris Olave and that uh, that receiving core there. So if they much like the Cowboys can get the ground game going a little bit in New Orleans, uh that could be a potentially scary, even scarier offense. Uh, for Dennis Allen's group there in the in the Big Easy. But they're a real interesting team because the NFC South is real mid, but, you know, the it's a competitive division. As mid as it is, it's been a competitive division so far as far as the NFC South between Tampa, um, Atlanta, and, of course, the New Orleans Saints at this particular point. So, uh, interesting stuff there. So, uh, as we continue what we know and what we don't know about some of these NFL teams, is there a team of interest for you uh, that struck you as you were going through some of this?
3: Well, I do kind of I, I, – there's a team that keeps coming to mind, but I feel like it's going to be obvious. Oh. However, we're just going to go to it. How about the 5-3 and three Cleveland Browns? And what we know is very clear.
2: Their defense is really good. E- Yeah, defense. (laughs) That defense is really, really good. Low key, Miles Garrett might be defensive player of the year right now. Might be MVP if we talking, if we being honest.
3: Ooh, Um, I'm just why are you saying ooh? I've thrown like five different people in the MVP conversation over the last week. Come on,
2: but Miles Garrett. Garrett, I mean, we typically don't you know do defense you Mm. know for MVP. So give
3: give it the bit. But he's been so good. Cleveland's defense is number two in the league in defensive efficiency, and it's obviously led by Miles Garrett, Mm -hmm. who's among the front runners for defensive player of the year. Coverage has been as tenacious as Garrett Spearhide, spearheaded by Denzel Ward and Martin Emerson Jr. So those are the things that like look man, it's very evident and obviously that defense has carried the way because we don't know if Deshaun Watson can be a franchise quarterback that they Uh-oh. paid him to be, Uh-oh. right? He missed all almost all of four games with the rotated cuff strain. Before that, he hardly looked like a quarterback that you even that he even was in Houston, right? He's now he's back now. He started looking like a starting quarterback, I guess. He's made some nice throws. Can he, can he get himself back to being a quarterback that has any level, level of respect um, in the league? Because they need it. The defense is g- giving them all that they can get. They're going to need to get a little something from the offense if they're going to be some level of uh good, I guess.
2: Well, they've got the makings to have you know some good things happen offensively. I mean, Amari Cooper, who was really good this past weekend, as he customarily is, depending on where he's playing at. Um, but Deshaun Watson—that's the biggest question. How much more can he give them, and if he can remain healthy this season? Because if he can, that defense is going to do a lot of that heavy lifting for them. And if he doesn't just—if he doesn't mess it up offensively—Cleveland has got a good chance to uh, to make some noise potentially if they get to the uh, to the playoffs. But defensively, they're the, thats what's going to carry the day for them um in Cleveland so interesting for them
3: KG the text line is asked for the Panthers and the Texans is are are one of those more interesting to you than the other
2: uh the Texans for sure
3: okay all right um again ESPN gives us what we know and what we don't know yet and what we know about the Texans this year is that they've already surpassed the win total from the last (laughs) last year which was three and are in the AFC wildcard hunt obviously number two quarterback number two pick overall pick quarterback CJ Stroud Mm -hmm. has been impressive true eight games He's 3rd in yards per game, 3rd in passer rating, and tied for 7th in touchdown passes.
2: This Not is wait, that's, that's overall?
3: Yes. That is, um, that is wow. all passers. 3rd in passer rating, 3rd in yards per game, tied for 7th in touchdown passes. The dude oh has been boy. really, really good. But what we don't know, is this actually a playoff quality team? Right? They're in the ninth spot in the AFC, um, tied with the Jets and the Chargers right uh they're behind the bills the browns the bangles the steelers in the wild card race um, some of those names don't really inspire a lot of confidence but uh they've already beaten the steelers so they'll have an opportunity to play the bounds the browns mm-hmm. the bangles the jets um and the Texans are two games back in the afc south uh behind the
2: jags so just playing terrific football right now the and the
3: jags have already beaten them yeah at one point so it's like look man are they can they are they actually a playoff team or is this kind of just kind of a nice story and y'all are ahead of schedule
2: yeah, I don't think they ultimately make the playoffs, but the foundation is clearly there now. Uh, D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator uh, for Houston, th- they, they've got something. And the biggest thing is, and we talk about this all the time in the NFL, if you find yourself a franchise quarterback and you believe that you have got one now going forward in C.J. Stroud, now this becomes fun if you're Houston because now you can start to build around a rookie quarterback and what's been the flavor of the last few years Find you a rookie or a cheap you know, quarterback and maybe build around him and try to open up a window to where you can go win. And the Texans may have found that with C.J. Stroud right. and may want to invest in what he's got going on.
3: Yeah, take advantage of them cheap years for the next four. Yes. Um, and I would actually expand yes. that out to get yourself a cheap superstar. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a superstar or wherever you can get him on the field. Hello, Michael Parsons. And you utilize that added value. Um, By adding around them. Uh, I, I imagine that let's go ahead and get in the Dallas Cowboys here. All right. Because look, man, home of the Cowboys, right? We got to do it. What we know about the Cowboys is that the Cowboys defense will be able to affect the quarterback and take the ball away. Uh, but it's done that since Dan Quinn took over the defense uh, as a defensive coordinator in 21. That's also when Michael Parsons arrived. He has seven and a half sacks this season with 52 pass rush wins in eight games <laughs> Cowboys have 13 takeaways and cornerback Deron Bland who is obviously taken over the role uh, that Trayvon Diggs left once he was injured mm-hmm. leads the league with three pick sixes let me say that one more time Deron Bland leads the league with three pick sixes but in the bigger games they need to come up bigger which they didn't do against San Francisco or the Philadelphia Eagles now, what ESPN says we don't know yet Okay, are the Cowboys a for real Super Bowl contender. Ooh, Five wins have come against teams with a combined 15-28 and 28 record this season and their biggest test against the Niners and the Eagles they lost. But the loss uh, that is actually telling is what, KG? Arizona. Week yeah. three. If the Cowboys season ends without a playoff game, uh, that will be the loss that haunts them. Uh, four of their next five games are at home where they have won 11 straight to this point. And the road game is uh, one win Carolina. They um they almost have to be nine and three going into December with four or five games against teams currently with winning records. So the idea is just, hey man, what we need to figure out: Are you going to do the things that you need to do to prove that you're a Super Bowl contender? Win your win your way through. Get to December. Prove yourself. And then ultimately, ESPN's in the same place that all Cowboys fans are. Do it in do it in the playoffs.
2: Do it in the playoffs. That's what happens when you win 24 regular season games in each of the past two years and you flame out, you know, in the wild card and then in the divisional round last year. you got to do it when it matters most, and the Cowboys have got to prove that. Otherwise, I mean, what are we really doing here at this particular point? That's what we know and what we don't know about some of these teams in and around the National Football League. It's the Get Right Revenge of KG here on 105 through The Fan. Coming up next... We're going to go inside the gray area where this former NFL player shares a rumor about Josh McDaniels trading a player because of this. Oh, you just ready to dump on Josh McDaniels. I get it. Next on the get right. About to go inside the gray area here on the Get Right. We're Reggie KG here on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. That's right. Rigo Mendoza on the Dow for here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The truckright.com text line 877-881-1053. 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation coming up at the top of the hour. We'll have your headlines on this Wednesday edition of the Get Right. As the Mavericks right now. Down by 14 mm-hmm. uh, as we get late into the fourth quarter. The Toronto Raptors just punishing the Dallas Mavericks inside the paint. Uh, Pascal Siakam, 28 of his 29 points in the paint tonight for the Toronto Raptors. It's 122-108 uh, with 435 left in the fourth Wait, quarter. You
3: said 28 of 29? Oh, yeah, because he's 1-4 from the free throw line. Got you.
2: Got you. That's right. That's right uh rego let's go inside the gray area here on 105 through the fan my opportunity to dunk on josh mcdaniels as i customarily uh, like to do on this program that's right this headline though is um it's a little wild this comes from uh, brobible.com the headline reads gentlemen An NFL player shares a rumor that Josh McDaniels traded a star player because his wife was attracted to him. Was attracted to her husband or to Josh McDaniels? Uh, To a player, apparently, he traded. No, no follow? Oh, okay,
3: Josh McDaniels' wife. I was like, Mm -hmm. why why, why would a player's wife? (laughs) Oh,
2: boy, that is... uh... I will let you continue the story before I begin speaking. Sure. Uh, of course, Joshua Daniels fired by the Las Vegas Raiders. Antonio Pierce taking over on an interim basis as the head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders. This first story, the first story that came out recently is when uh, Daniels got the news that he was out of a job last Tuesday. Instead of letting his kids enjoy their uh, trick-or-treat, he actually called them back home to break the news. So the kids were out trick-or-treating when they... Got the call from daddy, like, hey, uh, daddy's been fired from his job. So Wait, have- is
3: that for real? Cause this is the thing. One thing you gotta remember, especially in this uh this new era of Twitter slash X or whatever they want to call it, is that people be people be getting uh all sorts of fake stories up. No nope. uh, that are not necessarily true. This has been verified.
2: Yes, this came from the athletic. Uh why would
3: why would you call the kids to tell them that? <laughs> the kids Mc- didn't need to know that.
2: Yeah, McDaniels learned about the news of his firing while his kids were out trick-or-treating uh on Halloween. Daniels, uh, McDaniels called uh, his kids and told them to come back home to break the news to his family See, this first. is why
3: we don't like you. Let them kids go get them Snickers bars. <laughs> they don't need to know that right now. You just made your problem everybody else's problem.
0: Maybe Apparently- he, maybe oh, go he, ahead. Oh, I was going to say maybe he wanted to tell them, hey, daddy's going to be coaching you all next football season. Or he Which probably called they, them. They're not
2: excited about. Or maybe he called them to tell them, hey, save that candy because we might need something to eat because daddy's out of a job right now. Oh, he got paid for He's fine.
3: And uh, also, uh, you know how I always be saying, you can always go home? Guess where he going to end up? I, I bet I know where he ends up soon. J-
2: <laughs> He'll be some level of consultant with the New England Patriots. I'll tell you that. Uh, I don't even know if they want him at this point. I don't even know. Um, but the story continues. Apparently, though, that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to McDaniel's uh, questionable—not just coaching career, but his character as well. Because remember that one time when he was about to take the Colts job, and then he actually told them, "Actually, no, I'm good on that." You After.
3: remember that one time where he got uh he he sent Jay Culler out of there, yeah. and then had the nerve to draft Tim Tebow in what the first a first
2: round? round pick, boy. That's right. Well, speaking of the Broncos. Former Broncos tight end Nate Jackson, who's now an author. Oh, good for him. uh, Wrote an article shedding light on McDaniels' failure as a head coach in the NFL. and shared a number of interesting stories from his time around the team when he was there in 2009. According to Jackson, McDaniels had a, quote, fragile ego. Sounds like it. Both on and off the field.
3: I believe it. Just off of the just off the basis of that uh, Halloween story. You can't let these babies have their candy because you don't got a job. What a <laughs> hater.
2: <laughs> um, and good point. Um, 682. Just go with the bit next time. Yes, I know he's still getting paid by the Raiders. Um, according to Jackson, though, he shared the rumor of why McDaniels traded away future Star running back, I say that loosely. Uh star running back Peyton Hillis. That's right. The Madden cover running back to, to you. That that's right. Remember, Remember that 12. Um The rumor for why McDaniels traded away future star running back Peyton Hillis is because his own wife, Laura, allegedly found Hillis attractive. Jackson saying, quote, McDaniels' ego wasn't just a delicate flower on the field. He famously sent packing Peyton Hillis because, word has it, McDaniels thought his wife had a thing for the guy. Now, of course, Peyton Hillis went on to have a breakout season with the Browns in 2010, gaining over 1,600 total yards with 13 touchdowns. On his way, res, to becoming EA Sports' Madden 2012 cover athlete. Uh,
3: okay, I think that we have reached the time for me to do this. Thank you, Swaggy Booties, for the assist. Swaggy Booties said, McDaniels thought his wife was going to have a Macarena moment. And <laughs> Macarena. Which allows me to tell you about what the Macarena was actually about. <laughs> um, if you listen to the actual lyrics about the, the Macarena, uh, yeah, man, it, it's tough because the song uh, in the lyrics, it is about a woman who cheats on her boyfriend um, and with, with two friends while he's being drafted into the army.
2: Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that, that, that w- puts a real damper on that song. Yeah.
3: The song that people were playing all over the, like the nineties and maybe even the aunts at weddings, have your grandma dance to and everything. Yeah. It's about that woman stepping out on that man with not one, but two people.
0: Specifically in the line, Se la vio
3: con
2: dos amigos. He saw her with two friends. Okay. That was a real real damper on that song. The story continues from Jackson. Yeah, think about that next
3: time you start doing the arms and everything. Yep. Doing all this dancing. That's right.
2: Uh, Jackson didn't stop with just the Peyton Hillis story. He shared a personal story about his own departure from the Denver Broncos where he said, quote, I found out my Broncos career was over from a message left on my parents' answering machine When he, where he said, quote, um, honey, there's something I think you need to listen to. When I tried to contact Josh for an explanation, his secretary told me he was in a meeting and that he called me back. He never did.
3: Nasty business. Very nasty business. Oh, there's there's babies crying. Uh, yeah. Because they didn't get their Halloween candy. Um, now nah, th- this is the thing about Josh McDaniels that seemed fairly apparent. And again, it goes back to what I was talking about, about all these uh, New England Patriots, uh, Bill Belichick's, um, you know, assistants and tree and stuff. Coach, tree not great. Well, there's that. But then also, hey, man, all these business, all, all, particularly in NFL and sports in general. We like to think about the Xs and Os and everything. This is a people business still. And having Very some level so. of people skills like managing people is a huge part of your job. Any level of management you need to be able to manage people and deal with the you know the soft skills. Josh Daniel ain't got a single soft skill in his body apparently. Not a one. And so, I mean, look, you could talk about his acumen as a play caller. We can get there if we want to. I'm not going to because one thing that's apparent, he can't be nobody's boss. <laughs> He he has shown a complete lack of ability to be somebody's boss.
2: And he's got multiple chances to do this. Multiple. I don't know how he was able to find a team to convince themselves to hire him after the shenanigans he pulled with the Colts job. And somebody said, actually, you know what? He's good enough to give us uh, to give another chance to. Come on, man. He is not to be trusted and clearly has proven the fact that he's insecure and a rather small man. Yeah like think about any any job where the employ the former employees
3: can't wait to tell you about how they hated their boss.
2: Oh man. That oh, is boy. Josh
3: McDaniel's. Like this dude People said he,
2: lining up, boy. He lining had up. Wrote an
3: article about Josh McDaniel's to tell his mess. Do you know how bad of a boss you got to be for someone to get out here and be like, I need this publicized. Like I got stories I, to tell. I need this to go to the mainstream media. How much I hate that dude's guts.
2: <laughs> now, he, now, here here's the real question. Truckred.com text line 877-881-1053. Would you, if you had someone who you were working with and your wife or your significant other came up to the job and you started to find out or maybe get hit to the idea... That maybe they were attracted to, you know, your employee or your co-worker, and you had the power to move that person out of the way. Calls coming from inside the house, KG. Would you do it? The calls for coming from
3: inside the house. Because the issue is not with that person. Like, that person is just out here existing. I mean, you know, they trying to look oh, good. Oh, the and other everything.
2: person got, oh, the significant other got to go. I
3: don't know about they got to go, but y'all got to have a conversation. <laughs> Right, like at that point, that's what it's about. <laughs> so, are you attracted to me or not? Nah? What, what what's going on here? Cle- th- clearly, that's the issue that we need to discuss more than anything.
2: Oh, so we shouldn't be pl- blaming Peyton Hillis in this case. We right. Should be all blaming- right. So let's okay. let's let's
3: let's let's game this out. Okay. All right. All right. You move that a- that attractive person out of your out of your sphere. Okay. You're just not gonna have no attractive people in your sphere at all, because <laughs> apparently your significant other. Out here looking. Ain't got eyes for you, apparently. they out here looking. And when I say out here looking, I'm not trying to say, like, hey, we all have eyes, right? You can can see someone who's attractive. Yeah. But it's different than out here looking. (laughs) And apparently, your significant other is out here looking.
2: Actively looking. looking. Actively. So that's
3: different. Okay. Someone says, some of these ladies have work husbands. What's up with that? You have work. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about the work husband.
2: Okay, let's explore that for 30 seconds. Do you believe in the concept of work husband or work wife? Do you believe in that concept
3: yeah i believe in the concept do oh I, really but do i believe that it's problematic possibly very much so there, <laughs> there can be some issues like this is the thing it all comes back down to trust trust <laughs> it all comes back down to trust and i say that understanding that that gets real fraught <laughs> it gets real <laughs> tough when we start talking about
2: the idea that especially when you bring the significant other up to the job and say hey hey babe this is my work husband this is my yo your work what your work who oh if she if she can introduce him
3: like that she either feels really good, or that's up to you to decide. That's all you, that's all you big man. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, look—you so gotta have somebody that's willing to cook you a nice, uh, a nice lunch every once in a while. Not cook you a nice lunch? Oh no! Yeah, that's the thing that stinks. We work at a do a place with a whole bunch of dudes. I would love a work wife to bring a lasagna every <laughs> once in a while. That'd be great. <laughs>
2: That's inside the As grave. of right
3: now, you're the closest thing I got to a work wife, KG. Wow. You see, wow. how does that work?
2: Wow. You enjoying that? Oh, boy. I did not think. Well, We need to what? diversify
3: sports radio if for no other reason than let's get one of us a work wife. I'm okay? glad
2: that we're comfortable enough in our relationship for you to consider me that. Reg, does he bring you food? Nah, he's never. Although, to be
3: fair, I haven't brought him
2: food. So, I brought him Hennessy, though. Ooh.
3: Facts. Facts. Yeah, trying to trying to apply for a ballot on the homeboy hall of fame. Sure
2: <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Should be first ballot when I got you that day. uh At that point, that's inside the gray area here on the get right. <laughs> There's a theme to the show today. Um, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, your headlines on the get right.